The bottle stared at Colin Jenkins for two weeks, untouched on his nightstand. He just stared back at it. I thought it was going to be high, Jenkins said. I thought it was going to be tripping just the same way weed does. But it wasn't anything like that. It was more of a mellow, calming, soothing feeling. I feel really good. Within just two months of trying Fresh Farm CBD oil, Jenkins is already a cannabis evangelist. This past NFL season was his first out of football. As the season began, he worked out, he digested tape, believing that he might be signed by an NFL team at any time. Jenkins started 138 games as an NFL defensive tackle across 13 seasons. He won a Super Bowl ring with the Packers. Including his high school days, Jenkins played competitive football for nearly 20 years. But after being cut by Washington in 2016, teams didn't call. And Jenkins felt, well, listless. You have that sense of, I guess, not being a failure, but not being good enough as well, Jenkins says. I went through a while where I just wouldn't get out of bed until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You just feel like a bum. You just feel like, I don't know if there's a word for it. You just feel unimportant, like you don't really matter anymore. Jenkins' wife and cousin both pushed him to try CBD oil, which can be taken like a nutritional supplement by using a dropper to squirt a non-pleasant tasting blob of ground gold tincture between the tongue. Jenkins was leery, but then he quickly noticed a change in himself. He said his joints felt better. His depression and anxiety, he'd had him less. He's been able to talk to his two, two teenage daughters more easily, without becoming irritable. He's been more vocal and focused in his carpentry classes. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm not that type of student. <laughs> Jenkins told us he used to drink a fifth of vodka and several beers to chase it down every single day. He started drinking just to sleep, but then drinking would make him feel sick when he woke up. So then he would take pills as needed to handle any pain, and he would drink to try and sleep. Wake up, repeat. Cannabis ended that cycle for him. It's important to say that because you have to notice that the product that Jenkins takes doesn't get him high. It's derived from cannabis plant, yes. And it is classified as a Schedule 1 drug, yes. But CBD doesn't get you high. Jenkins doesn't get, need to get high anymore to sleep. At the forefront of this green rush are athletes, perhaps the best possible ambassadors for an industry that would very much like you to know that they're not trying to sell you a good time. They're trying to sell you something that will soon become categorized officially as medicine. A product with, with any luck can help fix some of the nation's biggest problems, not substance dependence as it did for Jenkins but also things like a prohibitively expensive healthcare system and disproportionate arrest rates of people of color. Damn, that sounds pretty good, huh? Damn, if only Ricky Williams would have started playing football today. 
The NFL instituted rigorous drug testing in the 1980s, coinciding nicely with Nancy Reagan's taking up Richard Nixon's torch and telling America to just say no. When Williams was drafted in 1999, America was still largely afraid of pot. In 2000, a Pew Research poll found that roughly 3 out of 10 Americans supported marijuana legalization. And just 4 states had legalized medical cannabis. So when Williams privately struggled with anxiety and depression and was revealed publicly to be relying on marijuana, America was not nice. <laughs> Williams was being abandoned by every single sponsor. The day after it was announced that in December 2003, he tested positive for cannabis and failing his second NFL drug test. Williams said he started smoking regularly his first three NFL seasons, which included league-leading 1,853 yards rushing from the Dolphins in 2002. He retired early from football in 2004, only to come back after soul-searching as an unapologetic cannabis user. He would later say that he wouldn't have won the 1998 Heisman Trophy or played 11 NFL seasons if he didn't smoke weed. By coming back, Williams set an important precedent. He proved that you could use cannabis and still excel. He rushed for 4.4 yards per carry in 12 games in 2005 before violating the NFL drug policy for the fourth time and being suspended for the 2006 season. Even in a sport that supposedly demands the utmost discipline and commitment to succeed, Former Jets defensive end Marvin Washington credits Williams for being the first pro athlete to normalize cannabis use. I know some of these guys, and they'll tell you themselves that they've been involved with cannabis since high school, Washington says. You look at the sacrifice and all the things they've done, and it goes against everything you've been taught. That you're lazy, unfocused, you get all these munchies, and you're not going to accomplish shit. These guys? These guys, yo, they graduated from high school, they got scholarships, got degrees, they excelled enough to come into the NFL where they also had long careers, and they were medicating and using cannabis the whole way through. Back then, Williams was seen as a rudderless screw-up. Today, he could be credited as one of the cannabis movement's pioneers. He's been outspoken about social anxiety disorder, and his cannabis use. He's even opened a line of weed gems, and more recently revealing a personal line of cannabis products. Tonight, on the Cannabis Conundrum, that's not even what we're here to talk about. The topic is the National Football League. This is the Rise of the Cannabis Athlete, Volume 1. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> cannabis conundrum podcast you're tuning in to cannabis conundrum and i'm glad that you are my name is patrick and when you're done tuning in to cannabis conundrum why don't you come on over and check out my podcast the name of it is we live on a planet we're going to just talk some stuff and things maybe we'll learn a couple things as well so come on over and check me out i hope you do i look forward to hearing from you guys hey now back to cannabis conundrum so I'm curious about your first time smoking cannabis. Bo Scaife, let's start with you. 
Um, I, I was in high school probably about, you know, 17 years old. Got tied up with some of those skater girls, you know. They used to kind of joke around with me like I was a kind of a square, you know, so I had to go prove myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what's funny here, man. I, don't, I mean, you hung out with skater girls or that they thought you were square? <laughs> John Muffet, when did you first start smoking weed? Uh, I was 16, I was at an Aerosmith concert, and, uh, and Kiss too, and I had a bunch of friends that were smoking, and we, we smoked in the parking lot, um, passed out on the lawn for all of Kiss, but woke up for Aerosmith, <laughs> it was awesome, it was a great concert. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. <laughs> Sean Smith, can you top his story? <laughs> First time was um, in the sixth grade, a couple of neighborhood boys, ever since then, it's all she wrote. And last but not least, Ryan Claddy. First time I was in college, and I, I don't think I really felt it the first time, but there was one time um, <clears throat> we smoked out of an apple, and man, I was I was so high, I never laughed that much in my life before, bro. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. Hold on, man, an apple, bro? Hey, man, that's college. That is college, man. You haven't done an apple before? <laughs> no, I never, yeah. I never done an apple, so that's why I was like, an apple, I ain't think about that. <laughs> you need your fruits, man. You need to have your fruits. The only vegetable I need is right here. It's green. Smoke weed every day. So, just to be clear, I'm assuming you guys smoked while you were active NFL players? I used it throughout my career definitely for uh, sleep. Big for me. And uh, just pain management as well. Just trying to recover, relax, and uh, decompress. When you're coming back on that plane ride or the night before the game, giving you the ambient, ambient, ambient. You know, I'm like, I ain't trying to get addicted on it. I'd rather just throw me one up, smoke, go to sleep when I can sleep peaceful. Like, I wake up about thinking about plays I'm gonna make in the game on Sunday, like. It, it was very helpful for me. It was very helpful for like anxiety, stress, you know, the, the pain management, obviously that's a no-brainer. Hell yeah. Hey, we smoke while we're watching y'all play, so. How many of you play while you're high? Oh, <laughs> it's just you, Sean? How does it feel when you're playing high as opposed to when you're not high while you're playing? Unstoppable. Oh, <laughs> uh, you seen the movie uh, Above the Rim? Yeah, with Pop. When he got in the zone, that's how I, that's how I literally am on the field. It's like there was no stopping me. That mellowed me out, got me going, and it's the best thing for me. So if you don't mind me asking, what is your ritual? Smoke two blunts before every game. Sit in the bathtub with some Epsom salt, play my music, smoke, eat breakfast with my family, my kid's wife. I fire up all the way to the stadium. Go through the bad neighborhoods or whatever team I was playing with to the city and just reflect like that's my motivation. I'm blessed to be in the position to get up and go do what I love. By the time kickoff comes, I'm just at ease, bro. I'm ready now. I'm powered. I'm flowing. I can't believe that Sean is the only one that smoked pregame. Did anyone else even consider it? I don't know, it was more like a relaxing um, for me. I feel like if I played out, I would just be like too like 
I'd be giving up a bunch of sacks. You know, I play, I play offensive line. That boy thought he heard something. Like, Ringo, 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 Ringo. Like, what's going on? You know what I mean? I need, I need to be able to react I thought you said, I said Leo. Missing calls. You got to think too much of offensive line. That's I play defense line, man. Man, I can go left or right, man. <laughs> Has anyone ever failed a drug test in the NFL? In college, I did. Yeah, I was I was just smoking during the break. You know when you're supposed to stop. Yeah. And I just kept going, and they did the thing like they were roll. We came back, <laughs> and like out of nowhere, they're like, "Okay, yeah, and, uh, drug test." Uh, and the doctor comes up and he's calling out the names or whatever, and like Moffitt, and everyone in the room is just like, "Oh!" Like it was like I was already done. Yeah, I took it, and they were like, "My coach called me in." And he was like, your levels were literally like the highest like we've ever tested. <laughs> is there a, a schedule for, for drug testing? Is it multiple times a year? I know it's four times a year in the NBA. What What is it in the NFL? Yeah, it's one time a year, uh, usually in the springtime after, uh, before OTAs or right after OTAs start. You know, and they usually do it by groups, you know, position groups. So, you know, guys are always hoping to be in that first group. Some guys have to wait all the way till July, you know, which is upsetting to some guys, but. Why is it upsetting? You know, the rest of your teammates is on it, so you want to be able to be on it too. So, you know, like you said, the NFL knows what's going on. Um, if you fail a test though, you know, you're subject to getting tested, you know, 10, 20 times a month, you know, so the punishment is harsh. Am I pissing you off, Fafa? And then if you fail a test again, and again and again, you know, then money starts getting involved. They start taking away games, so. And there's only one test, right? So, in a way, the NFL is kind of like, they're kind of just being like, okay. You know, they're just looking away. But, so that's why I think like, things like this is, is what's important, because it's breaking the stigma. It's really just the stigma and power. I mean, they could just be like, let's get rid of that one test. But really, most guys can clean it up for that amount of time and still have it during the season. I think, I think they know that. So how many smoke in the NFL? What do you think the percentage is? Probably 80. At least 80%. Shoot, the coaches do it. Personnel, people upstairs do it. Quarterbacks that do it. Captains, your leaders of the team, smoke as much as I do, might even smoke more than me. Okay, Sean, at OTAs, you just passed your drug test. <laughs> what happens next? Shoes. <laughs> what happened after? Oh, you know what when I walk in and I see my name, oh, I'm one of the first ones. <laughs> Pull my phone out, call my plug. Was at the house by the time I get out of practice. That's how you get through trainer camp. I remember the trainer came to me one time, like, uh, you getting tested today? And I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Try to keep a straight face. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Get tested hey, today. Coming <laughs> so. to the locker room, dancing. <laughs> and, well, he got tested. Ah, oh, hope they get us. Oh, you think they gonna get us tomorrow? There's been times where you go on our on the floors on the training camp hotel, and it's <laughs> it's loud. <laughs> everybody do it, and you know everybody has their reason. They use it for their for their pain, but he's a big guy. We all are big guys. Our body hurts. Smoke. I've heard Monday is pretty rough in the NFL, so. What is Monday like for you guys? It's like a car wreck, essentially. Like every weekend, it's like a car wreck, and you start feeling better about Friday or Saturday. You know, it's just it takes a few days to recover and uh, start feeling like you can play again. Tuesday is usually like the day you really feel it because you got all these drugs that you put in yourself just to play. You know, the the Tordal, the, the Tordal, Advil, and all that stuff. So that stuff hasn't even worn off you by the, by Monday. Usually like Tuesday, you come and you wake up, you like, man, like, the game was a couple days ago, but that stuff is, you know, finally out your system. 
now, so you really get to feel the effects from this past Sunday. Um, you know, I had an injury plague journey just to the NFL, you know, tore my ACL three times. So I I had been on a prescription drug route early in my life. And um, you know, I was in a dark place and I, I wasn't feeling good and you know they were they were giving me those things readily. So it was easy for me to, you know, start smoking and receiving the benefits of, you know, of marijuana as a viable option opposed to the prescription drug. So um, I think people uh, overlook that this is a, is a medicine and it's a healing medicine. And uh, the rhetoric hasn't always supported that. I mean, I use these topicals all the time, you know, for on my knees, on my shoulders, on my back. Uh, I was just about to say all that type of stuff. So um, you know, pain, uh, you know, arthritis, any inflammation. There's stuff all for these type of things. Yeah, I was about to say the anti-inflammatory, but the topicals. Oh man, like my granny. I gave some to my granny, and she's calling me all the time. Hey, do you have some more of that cream? Because it really works. The CBD is a huge market now, and the CBD is um, without the psychoactive effects of the THC. So that's what CBD is. So now you're getting the effects of cannabis, but you're not getting the psychoactive effects that make you feel hot. Let's talk about concussions. How many of you have had one? Oh, wow. Everybody but Ryan. Okay. Lucky guy, Ryan. Well, I guess to everybody but Ryan. Did you smoke during that time to, I don't know, try and help it along? I did smoke, but I wasn't doing it. I didn't think of connecting it with the concussion as being yeah. healing. I just was always, I was kind of smoking. He was, just <laughs> smoking. He was like, yeah, it's a concussion or not, it's, it's happening. I don't know, you know, I, I would hope, I've heard the same similar things that you were saying about um, the lubricating kind of thing, you know what I mean? But like it kind of covers your brain or it helps with swelling. I've heard the same thing. And so I would hope that smoking did kind of offset it to an extent. So did you ever see yourself coming on to a podcast? as hell and talking about your story no no i did not because i feel like you guys have reported me for smoking weed and stuff <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was a trap for a long time <laughs> right what y'all really up to and now man? Man, <laughs> so, uh, man we just trying to figure out what, what the deal is man nah, again, just, everything's been so hush hush about it like they want the inside they want the real everybody's been being hush hush and being fake only way people are gonna find out about something if we speak about it and talk about it. Because if not, you keep it like it's a secret. How is this gonna expand and evolve for the world so everybody understands what cannabis actually does? Message! So the next CBA is what, 2020, right? I don't know, man. Can we do this? Can, can that shit be accomplished? I think it can. Let's get her done! You know, it's a big change. It's not something simple. But the conversation needs to get started. The facts and the resources need to be brought together. And the wheel just needs to start spinning more. Well, Bo, you are on Cannabis Conundrum. I'm sure Roger Goodell's going to hear this. If he were to listen, what would you say to him? Just, you know, we've been demonizing this, this plan for so long. So just take the time to do the research, to educate yourself. I feel like you guys already know there's a ton of players who, who smoke marijuana. We've only been tested once a year. Why have that one once a year test when uh, you know it's so beneficial to all the players who use it? And we're speaking with good intention anyway. You know, Absolutely. I'm not, we're not serious. I'm speaking to help my brothers, to help people who are suffering from the same things that we saw. The NFL was a vehicle for us, and now it's giving us this platform to speak. 
You know, athletes are a powerful force. You know, a powerful force for change. And you know, sports can get it done. Cannabis conundrum. I could use some cannabis right about now. <laughs>This is Jonesy, the host of Weird AF News, and I just kind of want to reach out to the listeners of Cannabis Conundrum and Awesome Sauce Radio just to tell you that I think you might enjoy some Weird AF News, right? You know what most people do with their news? They begin with some maybe NPR or CNN and Fox News. All those stories like Ford died this week, and it just brings you down. Who wants to start your day with a very angry brain? No, you want to start with a happy brain, which means you want to laugh. And if you listen to Weird AF News, you're going to laugh because I cover stories like researchers this week found that within Anne Frank's diary, she was writing dirty jokes. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> American Airlines bans insects, hedgehogs, goats, and hawks as, quote, emotional support animals on their flights. And a family realizes that a pet dog might be a bear after the animal starts walking around on its hind legs. Please start your day with Weird AF News. You can find me on all of your podcast platforms. From our humble oasis in the heart of the desert, you are listening to Cannabis Conundrum. Would you like to be a part of the show? You can. Call us at area code 575-914-2444. Again, that's 575-914-2444. From the heart of the desert, Cannabis Conundrum. We'll be right back. This is Weed Perfect, and you're listening to Cannabis Conundrum. Mr. Arian Foster. As a as a Colts fan, it's I didn't like you much when you were playing. <laughs> I guess now that you're retired, we can sit down and talk. Since you're willing to talk to Cannabis Conundrum, I imagine that um, you probably are okay with with cannabis. Now, did you do anything with cannabis related while you were playing football? You had to stay away from hemp because um, uh, they test for. For, for weed and they they said sometimes I don't I don't want to take the chance done so I, I could do whatever I want that's what it, so they said they said hemp they said flaxseed anyway like in the NFL like they need to let guys use uh, weed for for pain it's ridiculous when I had I had my back surgery in um, 2014 or 13 L5 S1 I had a yeah that yeah. Um they uh they prescribed per Percocet and Percocet I used to I used to take them for everything else they used to make me like gag and throw up every single time I took them and so really any, any painkiller that was heavily would heavily sedate you I would always like throw up and they they told me that if you like have a gag reflex too much like you could re I could have reslipped my disc what the fuck mm -hmm. so for like two days I was like in pain after the surgery and my dad was like man go get some weed or I'm gonna go get you some weed I was like her pop <laughs> he's like yeah man so he went to the luckily they had, i was in la i got it in la and they had a dispensary and so i uh, got some and uh it, it helped immediately and i was like there's no way that this shouldn't be okay they have this this waiver we have to sign so there's this um there's this painkiller called toradol yeah it's awful but i took it a lot we have to uh, sign this waiver that says you're kind of just giving up your it's not we're not responsible that that's terrible they'll let us take that but they won't let us smoke weed and they're banning dudes that smoke weed and they're suspending dudes um i think it's josh gordon he played receiver for the browns he's one of the best young receivers i've seen in a long time but he they banned him for a year because he tested positive and it's like this you you throwing away i mean like granted he needs to be smarter 
But like you're throwing away an entire man's career because of weed. It's not crack, it's not cocaine, you know what I'm saying? It's, the reality is if you were to legalize drugs, period, you can regulate it. And that way you can do it in a controlled environment. And that way you don't have all this. I mean, that's what they did with the prohibition and alcohol. Legalize it. So now that you're out of the league and can do whatever you want, you smoke every day, get up and do a little wake and bake, get that base level going, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm not like a heavy smoker like that, but like I'm like a, uh, all right, on a Saturday night when I ain't going nowhere, I'm going to set up my pipe in my, in my sack and I'm going to watch a great movie and, and fall asleep. My name's Evan Britton and I consume cannabis before I train. <laughs> cannabis really helped me come out of my NFL career with my brain intact and was able to leave the pills behind me. This is an instantized THC powder. Cannabis has an effect of softening the focus. It puts you into another plane of consciousness where the mind-body connection is fortified. The Mindful Warrior podcast, we wanted to use that as a channel to talk about combining the warrior spirit with these holistic healing practices. Cannabis enhances our awareness and our perspective on you know the world and our surroundings, giving you a much more you know beneficial experience, beneficial workout, training regimen. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for stepping inside this lovely shop. How can I help you today? Yeah, let me get, um... Let me get the purple haze. Oh, okay. I, I can take care of that nah, for nah, you. Nah, nah, nah. Hold up. All right. Let me get that... Let me get that purple kush right there. Excellent choice. That's a great thing. Hold flavor. up, hold up, hold up. That, that, that blue dream... Okay. Oh, is, that the, is that the blue dream right there? Yeah, that's that's the blue dreams. Ooh, yes, it, yes, it is. I don't know, man. I mean, what are you looking for? I, I, I don't know what to do. Are you feeling a certain way? Yo, is that mango raspberry purple haze? Yeah, that what was. What the fuck is that? That was a freak fest right there. What that, the fuck is that? That's a freak fest. Yeah, yeah. You want some? Shit. Yo, let me get that out, man. It's just like a cannabis conundrum right now. You are listening to Cannabis Conundrum, where you get your news, weather, and sports is no concern to us. When it comes to cannabis, we're the words you can trust. Mr. Turley, why do you support players' rights to use cannabis? Uh, professional athletes are some of the most prescribed patients in America, period, because through sports comes injury, and when you go to get uh, a diagnosis from the doctor, that comes with prescriptions. And on top of that, the United States government conveniently owns a neuroprotective patent on cannabis uh, and nothing else. And so with CTE being a, a very a serious issue. disease with our community, I think it's imperative that we examine it on both fronts. Kyle, could you explain to us, I mean, what it's like at the end of the season, what your pain level's like? I mean, at the end of your career, right? what's your pain level been like? You know, the myriad of surgeries comes along with those injuries. You know, you get plates and screws, you become bone on bone in every joint. And at, you know, your mid-20s to almost 30s, uh, you're experiencing arthritis on the levels of 70, 80-year-old individuals. And so the pain factors are one, but the brain injury uh, issue is my most uh, important charge in this because of the potential neuroprotective aspects of cannabis. To only really get tested once a year, 
in OTAs at the beginning of the year, no less, it would seem to me that the NFL knows that most of its players smoke cannabis. So why are they dragging their heels? What? Why are they moving so slowly to really make this a thing, especially for brain injuries? Well, I, I don't either. And, and uh, in general, our community, uh, we need to start understanding how our bodies actually work. Um, it was discovered in 1992. We have an endocannabinoid system and each one of us has levels of THC and CBD and all these other things in our bodies currently running and operating. From women nursing to uh, athletes in competition, this is imperative uh, that we understand our endocannabinoid system and the importance of it uh, on all aspects in dealing with our health. Okay, Kyle. Do you think that the NFL just hasn't done anything yet because they think people are going to, I don't know, abuse it somehow? Uh, again, I'm going to go on uh, the people that are really researching in this the most. And uh, what that speaks to is an entourage effect of this entire full plant. Uh, CBD derived from hemp, unbelievably medicinal. I developed a company behind that and pushing that because that's the opportunity to all 50 states in America today to experience a base level of cannabis. Uh, but that entourage effect is very real. Just a minuscule uh, inclusion of THC to a CBD supplement uh, supercharges that. And so when we see the resolutions of seizures and all these neurological disorders uh, that have played out on certain uh, shows uh, that we've seen so far in this conversation. Um, you know, my interest in where can that go? If we're resolving neurological issues in this country um, and we are uh, so easily prescribing these damaging things that I personally was on, well, Butrin, Depico, Zoloft, uh, to deal with these things that were happening to me um, and then experiencing those very negative side effects uh, that cost almost cost me my life. And to understand that transition of where I am today and that I can truly speak to that cannabis saved it. And I take zero opiates to this day, not one aspirin, not one leaf. This is Mike at Imagination Glass and listen to my favorite podcast. Hall of Fame quarterback Joe Montana is looking to hit pay dirt in the legal marijuana industry as part of a $75 million investment as a pot operator. And this was announced on Thursday. Caliva, a San Jose, California-based group, said it would use the investment to grow a company that includes a farm, a retail store, distribution center, and a delivery service. So distributes its branded products in dozens of other retail outlets in the state. The former San Francisco 49ers star said his venture capital firm was investing in the industry. He says he believes it can provide relief to many people and can make a serious impact on the opioid use or addiction. Some doctors recommend marijuana to treat opioid addiction and as an alternative for pain relief. Montana is the latest and one of the most prominent professional athletes to openly endorse the marijuana use. Heisman Trophy winner and retired NFL running back Ricky Williams and NBA Hall of Famer Bill Walton have been particularly outspoken in their embrace of marijuana. Super Bowl winning quarterback Jim McMahon, professional wrestling star Rob Van Dam, and ultra marathon runner Avery Collins also publicly endorse marijuana. Montana launched the venture capital firm Liquid Two Ventures in 2015. Kaliva didn't disclose Montana's portion of the investment. But former Yahoo Inc. Chief Executive Officer Carol Bartz also participated in the investment and will join the company's board of directors. 
Bartz, who is 70, said the Kaliva investors show the growing mainstream acceptance of marijuana, which can be legally consumed by adults in 10 states and can be used by patients with doctor's recommendations in 33 states. I wasn't a reefer head when I was in college, says Bartz with a chuckle. Until about seven months ago, Bart said that she had no interest in marijuana or the industry. Then the wife of a fellow Cisco Systems board member told her to try cannabis cream to treat pain caused by a knee replacement and almost overnight, she said she became marijuana's best salesperson. People are discovering there are better ways to clamp down on pain rather than overdrugging yourself. And Bart said that she doesn't smoke or consume edible marijuana, but uses cannabis-based creams and tinctures. Bart said that the investment would be used to open more stores and expand operations and launch products, including cannabis-based beverages. California broadly legalized marijuana on January 1st, and state officials predicted as many as 6,000 stores would open in a matter of a few years. But the State Bureau of Cannabis Control issued only 547 retail licenses in 2018, and sales fell below expectations. Governor Jerry Brown's 2018 budget projection of $630 million in marijuana taxes fell short by $159 million. Bart's blamed the state's high marijuana tax and complicated regulations for slowing the industry's growth in 2018. Montana, 62, hasn't publicly said if he uses marijuana, and he didn't respond to an interview request. But this isn't his first investment in the marijuana industry. Montana in 2017 took part in a $4.1 million investment in Herb, which produces and distributes marijuana-related news and entertainment. Montana retired after the 1994 season playing 13 years of his 15-year career with the San Francisco 49ers, which won four Super Bowls with him as a starting quarterback. Hey, what's going on everybody? That guy's uncle here. Y'all know what time it is. You're listening to Cannabis Conundrum. Have you never heard of the Pink Reef? The Pink Reef exists because they wanted to offer something a little different for patients that want a little more from a sesh. At the Pink Reef, everything is all-inclusive, from the hosted medicated meals to the wait staff. They even throw in dances with DJs and live entertainment. Pretty soon, the Pink Reef will be hosting art classes. They're getting ready to launch a Mermedible line where all edibles are infused, made from scratch. You can find novelty items such as shatter shells, mermaid scales, along with the signature Pink Reef cake, which comes topped with a piece of chocolate. If you find a mermaid in your cake, you win a free dinner reservation. The Pink Reef is also home to the Seaweed Lounge. It's an all-inclusive sesh hosted by medicated mermaids. They have a dab bar and a bong setup, as well as lots of custom joints and blunts to pass around filled with some of the best seaweed. So in short, the Pink Reef is a cannabis social club, brings patients together to mingle and sesh in a safe environment without having to bring anything from home. And because the Pink Reef wants everyone to come and enjoy and have fun and get home safe, they also offer a carpool service for a flat fee of a $10 round trip. And the Pink Reef will have its next event on Saturday, February 16th. They're taking old school and having an under the sea sweetheart dance. DJ, live performances, vendors, bar for the 21 and up, raffles, a photo booth, and a grand prize for one couple. Voting starts February 1st. Details will be posted on the Pink Reef IG, and that is the underscore pink underscore reef, R-E-E-F. Now, back to Cannabis Convention. 
Okay, so this isn't really new news, but I think it's relevant to our conversation. So I'm gonna share it and we're gonna see what some, some people think about it. Well, the owners held a secret meeting here in Phoenix, end of March last year. There was one owner in particular that was, uh, well, he had an agenda. The Players Association has been trying to get the NFL to overturn the marijuana policy for years. I think they finally have somebody in their corner. Um, according to Pro Football Talk, that man's name is Jerry Jones. During the private meeting, Jones told the other owners that he wants the NFL to drop its prohibition on marijuana use. And I tell you what, Jerry Jones is already one of the more popular owners in the National Football League. I, I think he just became the most popular among players with that one statement alone. So, Stephen A. Smith, <laughs> I would love to hear what you have to say about Jerry Jones's statements. Do you agree with his stance on marijuana? Not at all, but I completely and totally understand why he would want it that way. <laughs> I mean, when you just mentioned the names, the Rolando McLeans of the world, the Randy Gregories of the world. There are a few others on that list, but I'm in a good mood and I don't want to call out anybody. I don't want to rake their names through the coals. But in the end, what this comes down to is very, very simple. What Jerry Jones is trying to do is to minimize the negative impact of marijuana use because Jerry Jones knows that it's probably prevalent to some degree in this locker room. That's right, I said it. Okay, I don't know this for a fact. I'm not in the locker room. <laughs> Love it. I'm certainly not the one uh, official for the NFL testing anybody. But you know, Dallas is like the South version of Texas, of, of, Vegas, of Vegas. What happens in, in Dallas, Texas, well, they, they would like to stay in Dallas, Texas. They don't want anybody knowing about that other kind of stuff. Jerry Jones wants dudes eligible. And if you want to puff, puff and pass and go out there and pass rush or run the football or throw it or whatever the case may be, I mean, Jerry Jones clearly doesn't have a problem with it. I mean, think about this. Let's put it in its proper perspective. And again, not to call anybody out, but there's a dude by the name of Ezekiel Elliott. Star running back, big time rookie running back. Started Ohio State where I had the pleasure of speaking to nearly 2,000 students the other day, okay? They love themselves some Ezekiel Elliott. What does he do? What did he go visit in, in Seattle? <laughs> what did he go visit in Seattle a few months? Sure. A weed dispensary. Evidently, Jerry Jones doesn't have a problem with it. Okay, so he went to a dispensary big deal they are very well trained athletes they are disciplined they are not going to do stupid shit i believe that they understand the dallas is a young team they know about their endocannabinoid system they know the medicinal value of the plant yeah they might feel pretty good while they're shopping in a dispensary but they're still doing the things that they need to do I mean, they are professionals. I have no problem with weed used for medicinal purposes. Let me be very, very clear. I mean, you know, it's it's had a profound positive impact on some folks from a medicinal purpose for medicinal purposes. I'm a total supporter of that. I am only speaking about weed as a recreational activity. Recreational I would like experience. to remind you, a player who will remain nameless, and no, it was not Allen Iverson. I'm covering the 76ers years ago, and this dude go walks to the player to the to the scorer's table to check into the game, and Larry Brown said, three down, three down, and the dude went, huh? 
Literally. I'm talking about the media. My, my God rest his soul. My man, Phil Jasner from the Philadelphia Daily News and others. John Smallwood and the crew. We're all sitting there to do rocking back and forth off of weed. After all this frustration, I need a little bit of cannabis in my life. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> In the league you're playing, it's a private industry. You have kids walking around. You have to interact with the public and things of that nature. If the league does not want you doing it, they have a right to tell you that. And you, as an adult who was on a come up from nothing, you're gonna sit up there and let this blow million. I ask you a question: Have you ever seen a joint worth ten million dollars? I've seen a lot of crazy things today. I've seen you vilify a plant because. I don't know, of a few people who abused it, I, I, I've never, no, to answer your question, I've never seen a $10 million joint, <laughs> but I would like to smoke that shit. Thank you very much. It's not just that, what I'm also pointing to is, I have, uh, I'm just diametrically opposed to advertising the fact that you know what we, 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 we don't care whether you use weed or not now you can make the test a bit more difficult you know in other words you know the, test, the positive testing because the, the the threshold is larger in the NBA and other leagues than it is for the NFL because I think it's at like 50 milliliters whereas in the National League is like at 35 or to advertise look we're just not gonna have a marijuana policy I think that's bad to vilify a few people because of a plant I mean Wow, that's, that's not right. It's like I keep saying, there's a lot of responsible people in the league. There's a lot of responsible people in the NFL, in the NBA, whatever sport we're talking about. They are doing what they have to do to maintain their bodies. I don't understand what's wrong with that. <laughs> All right. It's medicine. At the end of the day, this is the best option. No opioids, no bullshit. This is medicine. Because I think because I think at some point in time we we're a bit too lenient instead of reeling stuff in. It's not this anything goes. This ain't the wild, wild west. And I'm telling you right now, as a dude from the hood, I've seen too much going on. And I've seen too much covering sports for over 20 years the way that I've covered. I don't think there should be rules that are more lax and encourages encourages more usage. I don't believe that. I just don't. This is Skunky with Skunky Crafts, and you're listening to Cannabis Conundrum. Austin would have dozens to hundreds of seizures every single day. None of the prescriptions would work. One pill almost killed our son. I've had three back surgeries, and I was on opioids for 15 years. It was a very dark, very depressive time in my life. After my injury, I felt like I couldn't live with the pain, but I couldn't live with this treatment long-term. It was unbearable. I don't have to live like that anymore. Medical cannabis saved Austin's life. Cannabis has given me my life back. There are families in other states having to watch their children die. I want to see my brothers and sisters who sacrificed so much for this country have access to the safest treatment possible. This really is an injustice. It's not just unfair. It's cruel. So, that was the commercial that the NFL decided they did not want to air during the Super Bowl. So to that we say, fuck you fuckers. Fuck, fuck you fuckers. fuckers.
on that note we appreciate y'all we love y'all i'm glad you still listening and we all in this together and for real we love y'all have a great night nailed it